Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Al Neves, founder and chief technology officer at Wild River Technology. Al has 30 years of experience in design and application development for semiconductor products and capital equipment focused on jitter and signal integrity. He's involved with the signal integrity community as a consultant, a high-speed system-level design manager and engineer. Welcome to the podcast, Al. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, we've spoken before. It's great to catch up. But to start with, Al, what drew you to the semiconductor industry? Do you have an interesting story you can share? Well, I think it was 1981. Uh, I was in the basement of my parents' house, graduating college, and my father came down and says, hey, you need to get a job. (laughs) So, and he worked at Analog Devices, and he got me a job there, and that's how my career started. Well, he arranged the interview. He didn't really get me a job, and I did pretty well in the interview. Uh, I didn't intend to be an engineer. I wanted to go into physics and science, and it turned out that I just had, you know, incredible love for engineering. Right. Yeah, n- not an uncommon story. Um, quite a few people I've talked to, their father or both their father and mother were, were in engineering. And a uh, uh, similar story for me as well. So what drove you to start Wild River Technology? I mean, was there a gap in the market you saw or, you know, were there other factors involved? You know, give us a little background here. Uh, well, there's 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 really two parts to the story. Um, the first part is we did identify a market need. Uh, I was involved with TerraSpeed Consulting as a signal integrity consultant. And there was a small group of us. Uh, we created a channel modeling platform uh, for helping people with signal integrity, and we started to sell that. And we decided to go off and do a business to do that. The other reason is, is you know, there's a, a very smart person told me back in the early 90s that there's two kinds of people in industry. There's Army and there's, you know, SEAL team and they don't mix very well. And you should go do your own business. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a hardcore innovator. I like to do new things. Uh, I don't really have as much. I don't have the patience for a big company. So it's kind of also personality and what you'd like to do with your, you know, with your, with your life. Having said that, you know, not to over answer the question, but, you know, I wouldn't suggest this on many people uh, starting your own company. I mean, I think we started at the the height of the depression (laughs) in high tech back what in 2010. And uh, this is, you know, it's, it was very, it's, it's really difficult. Right. Yeah, I've been through it a few times myself. Yeah, 2008, 2010. That was a that was a tough time. So tell me what Wild River Technology actually does. I mean, I believe you have both products and services. Yes. So the company is pretty split between the products and services, but the 30,000 foot view of what we do to help is we help our customers with signal integrity problems. We advance the signal integrity and and their and their group um you know and we do that in a collaborative fashion uh for you know an example is a customer will say hey we're going to build something it has to work first time 
some of the performance metrics are a bit on the extreme side. Um, we'd like to recruit, recruit you guys, and we we work will work with their team uh, pretty cohesively. And that's an example of the service side. Another example of the service uh, of the uh, of our businesses, we actually have standard products for doing CERTES testing, and also channel modeling platforms that um, we use for uh, benchmarking field solvers and advancing signal integrity. If you come to us and say, hey, here's a, you know, we'd like for you to create a stack up for us and, and help feed the EDA tools, whether it's Cadence Clarity or ANSYS HMSS with material identification and set the tool up and get very, very good simulation and measurement to help build an unimpeachable library uh, that our folks can use to build things. Uh, that's another thing that we do that's that's kind of a hybrid on the service standard product side. Oh, great overview. That's It's complicated stuff. So who are typical customers for Wild River technology? And, you know, how are your products sold? How do your services work? Our typical customers are really any company that has signal integrity challenges. And, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, they necessarily have issues at 70 and 90 gigahertz. Uh, you know, the mill aerospace people, we've done a huge business with them. Uh, their problems are a little bit different than the folks that are possibly doing 112 gig PAM4. But our customer ranges from, you know, mill aero folks that are, you know, doing 10 to 28 gigabit per second on the Vita standard, all the way up to folks that are using doing 112 and 224 gig PAM4. So, uh, you know, Intel, Synopsys, Cadence is a big customer of ours. So it kind of varies. Uh, on the serial link side, everybody that's doing either IP or CERTES, you know, five, five, they're, they're building fives. Um, our test fixtures are, are over-designed. Um, so we started that and we've kind of developed a brand of, you know, our stuff works really well. Uh, it didn't sell in the beginning, and then when PAM4 hit, you know, from NRZ to PAM4, we couldn't keep things in stock, and the company just just took off. So the company sort of dawdled for a few years until the industry kind of caught up with our over-designed technology. On the service side, we, we have a, a team of people that meet with a customer and that try to understand the signal integrity problem. One of the problems that companies have is uh, – it's not just that they, they have a signal integrity problem. They often have a problem where they just, they don't understand, they don't know what they don't know. So, you know, have you worried about this? No. Have you worried about that? So we kind of educate them on, on what they, what they don't know. And so we start usually a presentation uh, where they tell us what their, what their ambition or, or their goals are uh, in some brief statement of work. And uh, then we, we outline uh, what we think some of the crux issues are. And then, uh, then we try to, you know, we, we establish a, a systematic workflow, and that's really important. A lot of companies don't have a systematic workflow. Uh, one of the issues that, that I address is a lot of companies have signal integrity problems because of the management of the company. Uh, the management of the company, you know, a common thing that we've heard in the past is we don't have time for science experiments. Well, you know, we don't call them science experiments. What we call this is investment in your technology. 
You know, do your folks know how to use your field solvers? Do, you know, do your folks know how to make really good measurements, unimpeachable, best parameter quality measurements? Do they know how to do that? You know, as, we, as we're approaching 70 and 90 gigahertz for the 112 and 224 gig space, everything becomes non-trivial. You got to be on your game. And, um, you know, companies underinvest. So a lot of times I have to go back. I have, you know, a lot of our signal integrity problems is, is us managing management and maybe tweaking their perspective a little bit that, hey, we might want to invest in doing, you know, a channel modeling platform that'll help your engineers with a co coherent library. Uh, I think I answered your question. No, absolutely. You know, we have a lot of discussions on SimiWiki about signal integrity. It is a very complicated but very interesting topic. And, you know, it sounds like you have a, a loyal and growing customer base. In fact, the customers you mentioned are companies we work with as well. Cal, what is it about Wild River technology that makes the company different from the typical signal integrity company, consulting companies? There's a, there's a few things that, you know, we're different. And in some ways, we're very, you know, there's only, to my knowledge, and I don't mean to insult any, any, anybody or any entity, there's really only two good signal integrity companies or operative ones that, that, we, that we see. Uh, you know, if you throw somebody a big project and it's, you know, super hard, challenging, lots of elements to it, you know, it's maybe something that worked to 70 gigahertz and is pushing your fabrication. And maybe, it's, you know, there's only a couple of companies. It's that Santec actually has a pretty good signal integrity group. It's actually an exceptional group. Wild River, uh, we're really proud of what we've done. So we don't really have that much competitors in the, in the, service, in the service business. Um, everything that we've done, everything that we, that we do uh, historically, and we have you know, copious examples of that, of this. So we get done right the first time. Um, I mean, East Silicon, who got bought by um, N5, and, and I think they got bought by somebody else. Um, they came to us and they wanted a 112 gig, pretty complicated test fixture. And, you know, there were some high density interconnects, there were some systems issues, there was power, you know, power integrity issues. We hammered that problem and uh, got it done in time for them to demonstrate their certies at DesignCon. It's that clean execution uh, that, that really separates, uh, you know, the signal integrity companies. Right. Yeah, we work, I remember when this happened, uh, we, we worked with eSilicon as well on SemiWiki and Samtech uh, is also a, a partner of ours. And I think Actually, Synopsys ended up with the eSilicon IP, but Marvell bought the company. But uh, yeah, I, I remember this 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 process uh, we were involved in as well. So, what factors do you generally see that limits or hampers signal integrity performance uh, of many uh, signal integrity groups? Well, that's a pretty big question. Um, you're referring to the individual signal integrity engineer or the group collaboratively? Maybe you can cover both. Um, okay, so on the individual signal integrity engineer, well, a person who runs tools, uh, and that's what he's really good at, is not a signal integrity engineer. Uh, I'm sorry for, you know, that polarizing opinion, but that's not a signal integrity engineer. Signal integrity engineer solves signal integrity problems. They use, you know, an EDA tool or capital equipment. That's the tool that they use. It's the engineer that solves the problems. So a lot of the industry, a good portion of the industry, uh, by design, 
you know, are people who run tools. And, and as long as you're in that space where you're running a, a tool um, and you don't understand or, or you're not versed in the full spectrum of signal integrity, making measurements, making quality measurements, S parameter workflow, EDA simulation, understand how to benchmark your simulation tool. If you're not versed in all the elements, then that, that's kind of a self-limiting thing, especially if, you know, if you're just stuck into a you know, running, running, running tools. On a, on a group, um, you know, usually it's you know, often the engineers are telling the management um, that we have a lot of problems and the management doesn't listen. And, the, you know, and, and the management listens when uh, the pain starts to get pretty high, when things start to fall apart and, the, you know, they, they have issues. Um, so the, the, the third part of it is, is uh, they don't invest. Uh, a good, uh, you know, a friend of mine who's a very talented engineer, Travis Ellis told me, he says, if you want to do 112 gig PAM4 today, you should have started to work on it three or four years ago. And he's really right. And you, you have to invest. Okay, what are, you know, what are we doing in the future? What capital equipment do we need? What tools do we need? Uh, you know, and uh, so there's that investment time that needs to get done. How well does our tools work? Okay, you know, you're slated with a, a real bump in, in technology. What's what are we doing right now on EDA simulation to measurement? How good is our simulation to measurement right now? Well, our channel modeling platforms, the CMP50 and soon to be released, the CMP70 answers that question. And a lot of people are they're hurting pretty bad on that. And a lot of the groups. So they're not really so they just kind of blunder into a new project. It becomes this scattered mess. They spin, spin, spin. You know, everyone's running around like crazy trying to fix problems. Um, and that reactive environment is very classic of, of out of control signal integrity groups that, that are under invest. Thanks, Al. This has been a great discussion. I personally learned a lot about signal integrity and why it's important and how complex it can be. So final question, how do customers normally engage with Wild River technology? Well, they they either call us or send us an email and um, you know discuss a problem that they have or something that they need to do. And then we meet with them and um, we work with them uh, on a coherent uh, statement of work that includes all the elements. You know, we do walk away from quite a bit of business. Uh, if we feel that um, a project is going to be undercapitalized, uh, we won't do the project. If we know, you know, so we kind of we don't take on all the business that we're that that we're you know that's available to us. Um, but then we help the customer with a statement of work, and then we refine that, and then you know, of course, we give them a a, a, a quote. And that's all milestone based with customers like that. Our success base is really high, but we have a very rigid way that we work with customers, you know, fairly rigid in terms of this is how we do things. We don't, we don't, you know, we're very resistant to, you know, cutting out steps. Um, if a customer is cost centric uh, and everything, you know, every question, you know, every, you know, I keep getting, well, how much does that cost? How much does that cost? I mean, we're not an expensive company, but we're not cheap either. So we usually walk away from uh, that, that business. But, um, and then a lot of times, most of the business that we have right now is, you know, repeat committed customers. Um, 
So that, you know, and that's kind of the ball, you know, that's, that's the holy grail of business is having a committed customer base that, that knows that you're going to tell them the truth <laughs> and you're going to be frank with them. Uh, you know, we're not, you know, we're not all kissy with customers and we tell them the truth and that's kind of a hallmark of the, the way the company is managed. And it's, you know, we've brought, we've brought people in and they've said, well, we need to be nicer to our customers and nice as well. You know, we're solving really difficult problems and that level of directness is appropriate for the level of challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And your website is wildrivertech.com. Uh, thank you again, Al. Great discussion. Uh, I hope we can touch base again in the future just to get an update on your progress and the uh, progress of the signal integrity business, business in general. Thank you, Daniel. That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.